Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast where we talk about trees and other related topics. I love trees, Alex. I know, Casey. My name is Alex Croson. I am Casey Clapp. Yeah. All right. I have to admit, I as you were doing that, I was reading this screen because I wanted to get this one last fact, and I'm sorry, Alex. Hey, more value for money for this free podcast. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Thanks, everybody. Cram jam full of facts for all of our tree-loving people. <laughs> I still haven't found the fact that I'm looking for. Oh, do you want to take a second? <gasps> no, I found it. Okay, I'm reading through this. Here you okay. go. You ready? Uh, this is going to give away the tree we're talking about, at least the genus. It's juglans from Latin... Jovi glands from Jovis of juniper and glands, acorn or nut. You- <laughs> well, that sounds like a whole bunch of nonsense. <laughs> it is. It's Latin. Casey, how you doing? You've had a, a hell of a week, huh? Uh, I have. I just got done moving. Yeah. Like today. I'm not even very We just got internet put into our house. So I just like logged on for the first time in four days. I don't even know where I am anymore. You booted up your AOL. Mm-hmm. That's had, very cool. Yeah, I had all the all the same things. My roommate wanted to make a call, so I had to get off, and she, you know, <laughs> so she had to then you get, pick up the phone, make a call. Then I got back on the internet. Hey, congrats on being moved. That's a thank you. That's not a fun thing to do, especially um, in some of the rainiest days we've had all year in Portland. <laughs> no, it was Sunday, and we're, we're no Saturday. I was scrolling through. It's like, when's the rain going to stop? And it it went between ninety percent like likelihood to 100% likelihood and varied within that the entire day. Yeah, it's rough. Living in Portland is great until it starts uh, raining and then it just doesn't stop. Yeah, but the hidden secret is I shouldn't shouldn't say this on a public thing. I'm I'm curious. There's a difference in the rain in Oregon versus rain in other parts of the world. Okay. Here's my theory. And this Mm. is, I have to give credit to my good friend Max, uh, because we came up with this idea together. I'm pretty sure. We're pretty sure. The idea is between wet rain and dry rain. Okay. All right. Are you, have have I ever told you this before? Uh, No, but I am intrigued. This is going to be, this is going to break it out to the world. And I, I, what I'm hoping is that there's going to be a bunch of people from the Pacific Northwest who are going to be like, yes, yes. Oh, so it's finally someone put a word to it. Okay, interesting. So you walk out into a normal everyday rain in the winter of uh, of Portland. Okay. And you can just walk out in a sweatshirt, you put on the, like a, a jacket, a parka, 
and you, you just walk, go do what you're going to do, and then you come back, and you're going, I'm, I'm not really that wet. You're, you're mostly dry. Okay. Whereas if you do that in like North Carolina or New York, anywhere, it's just like a driving rain that just comes down in buckets. Well, okay. Well, we're here. It's like a, it's like a, a, a heavy mist, and that's a dry rain. You walk out, you just don't get that wet, but it's raining. Versus a, a big, heavy, big, fat drops that come down and, you know, you hit one drop on your shoe and now your sock is completely saturated. Interesting. Well, yeah. I, f- I feel like that I don't mean to listen. I don't. Break it to me. Just, just give it to me straight. I don't mean to break down your theory, but that just sounds like a difference in like the volume of rain. Yeah. Okay, but you're saying Portland doesn't have uh, wet rain at yes. all? Yes. No. Oh no. We we have our bouts. That's for sure. Okay, but, but mostly dry rain. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, okay. I, I guess I would agree with that. Where the rain is mostly manageable. Yes, that's that's my opinion. Yeah. yeah. But you anyway, can, you can scoot out to the store and back and be like, "Oh, a light misting." Yeah. You shake off like a dog. Yeah. Yeah. And that to be clear, that was not this weekend's rain. This weekend's rain was between driving and saturating yeah. and somewhat not that the entire weekend. Mm. I had I, to, yeah. Sorry. I had to get new shoes. Because of the rain? Yeah. Okay. I, I just dried them off and I acted like they were new shoes. Oh, I see. I don't think that counts. <laughs> It's like when you clean your house or apartment and you, or you're like, you rearrange and you're like, Oh my God, I got a new place got here. A brand new place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's perfect. What about you? How, how's your week? It's good. Uh, yeah, I don't have much to say about it. It's been really good. I'm mm. doing well. You look well, your color, it's bright. You're glowing. Thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah. You're, I don't, I don't want to brag here, but you're the second person to tell me that what? In the last couple of weeks. You see? Yeah. Honestly. You there know must what? be something to it. It's the solstice. My color is paper white, for those wondering. <laughs> We're going to put a picture of you on the internet. I would it's describe literally it going to be this wall. It's cardstock. Cardstock. <laughs> is that what you check when they're like, what's your, what's your ethnicity? Yeah, on yeah, like yeah. A thing? You just choose cardstock. Yeah. It's not, it's not that far off. <laughs> All right. What are we talking about today? Well... You tell me, tree expert. What, <laughs> all right. All right. We have a new tree this week. We as we as we do every week. And this one, I I gotta say, I'm pretty excited for it. I think you, I've said that about every tree we've talked about. I think I do too. In fact, I think we didn't we say like the second episode that the problem with our podcast is that as we talk about all these trees, they become like our favorite trees. Yes. That's what I, I don't know. It's happening. You Not know, with the arbor. Oh no, they no. I I I just yeah, we, I'm I'm glad that I we're not hearing how people are reacting to that. Yeah, we're, we're gonna wait. We're leaving it behind. We're yeah. moving on. And this week we are talking about the black walnut. Cool. Juglans nigra. Now, can you put an like a a spin on that pronunciation? Ooh, how? Just because Juglans sounds so. No, it's very phonetic. Is it really? J-U-G-L-A-N-S. Maybe it's like, uh, you can do the G as in like, you know, ja. Juglans. 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 It's a French tree. Yeah, Juglans. It's, what? no, it's, yeah, yeah, you can go French. The black walnut, cool. (laughs) The black walnut. We're going to, yeah, well, I'll I'll think about this. We'll come up with ideas. I do want to say this is our first tree that produces something that you can eat. That normal people would eat, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That, like, yeah I guess you could eat a, you could eat a Douglas yeah, fir cone. Yeah, I shouldn't say normal people. A lot of people eat acorns. That's pretty normal, actually. Okay. At least they used to. It's just too much effort nowadays. Sure. But, but it is traditional. But, I, I mean, the walnut, maybe get, get ahead of myself, but the walnut's also a fair amount of work to it, get to. Yeah, that's true, yeah. 
but it's it is it's good, but it's a lot bigger, and you can eat it immediately rather That's than true. like leaching out the tannins. And yes, things. you don't have to process it at all. Yeah. You can just eat it right out of the husk. Well, exactly. let's, let's talk about um, let's talk about the physical appearance of this tree. All right, I am out in. I almost I almost said, you know, when you start a sentence and you like project in your brain where it's going, so you have a roadmap of what to say. Yeah, I almost said, so Casey, I'm in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and a walnut floats by. <laughs> I'm mixing up my biomes. <laughs> That's the the second season is going to be all about trees in the ocean. Interesting. It's going to be just about two trees. <laughs> um, all That's right. it for season two, everyone. We'll see you next year. So I'm in the forest and I come across a black walnut. What am I seeing? What am I smelling? Yeah. Tell me. Oh, about that's it. actually a really good question. What are you smelling? So black walnut is one of the most iconic American trees. Hmm. It grows in kind of the central and southeastern United States, but it can grow natively a couple. There's one or two groves that they're not sure if it's native or uh, like really old plantings in like Ottawa or something like that. Do they grow here in in Oregon? No. Well, they grow here like crazy, but they are not native here. I see. They've been been replanted. Exactly. Okay. And so you're walking out and you're going to know that it's a black walnut because a it's probably going to be huge and it's probably going to be a very straight Mm. stem if it's like in the forest because they all grow very straight in a forested area okay if you're walking in a uh um like an open field there's one or two that are planted in parks around here or in the street Hmm. and they just have these huge capacious canopies that's the word of the podcast capacious you've used this word before yeah and i i gotta ask what is it it means a, a very widespread canopy okay my uh one of my coworkers brought that up and he is trying to describe trees like it. i think it might have been a word of the day that he tried to do and it was capacious and so he used it that day he's like yes this mulberry has a very capacious canopy and I then i think everybody was like what does what what does that mean it's a great word. It's great, yeah. So like a capacious canopy would be one that goes, it's big and it's huge and it covers a lot of space. Cool. Yeah. So it is, um, they have this insane, big, thick, furrowed bark that's kind of chopped up vertically and then also broken up horizontally, mm. these big, deep furrows. So if you are seeing a mature black walnut, it gets its name from not only the husk of the walnut turns black, you also have very dark wood on the very center heartwood of the tree if you cut it down. Okay. But also the bark on the outside is really dark and thick and furrowed like you would walk through and you're like that is the toughest tree i've ever seen Ooh, i like that it is it's hardcore that's Uh, cool yeah and the so the leaves come up it's this huge big long canopy reaches out extremely solid wood really tough it's Mm. fairly decay resistant and it has compound leaves. Have we talked about leaves yet? You know what? We haven't talked that much about leaves. There's, I feel like there's so much to say. It's too much to say. Almost. You're like, you're like, uh, you're like the pre Big Bang when it comes to explaining about leaves. Like, I don't even want to ask you because <laughs> you know it's so I don't want to sit here for three hours learning about leaves. <laughs> you're gonna have to wait millenniums of the universe expanding before we can get back to whatever it is we're actually talking about. <laughs> yeah, and I edit these episodes, so I, but I, I, do, I am I am curious, and I I think we should I think we should eventually have maybe a dedicated you know maybe maybe we'll do a like a Patreon episode where we talk yeah. strictly about leaves. I think that sounds like a great and we'll, idea. We'll just roll the recording. I'll leave 
go to the store, <laughs> get some get some errands done. <laughs> I'll just look up as if I am talking to you, like kind of like you go to a, a therapist's office, like in the movies, and mm-hmm. like you lay on a couch and you look up. Except you can just like put a recording on, yeah. and every like ten to fifteen seconds, you just have the same recording. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, mm. exactly. And then I'll be like, yeah, you get it, you get it. Anyway, interesting. <laughs> uh huh. Well. They're more interesting than that, I think. You'll <laughs> yes, actually be of course. fascinated. Yes, of course. But we're right. We will keep it to the short. I'm just going to talk about this one specific kind of leaf. Great. What do you call it? It's a compound leaf. Okay. But specifically a pinnately compound leaf. Pinnately compound leaf. Yes. P-I-N-N-A-T-E. Okay. Pinnate. L-Y, I guess. Pinnately. Mm. So pinnately just means it's feather-like. So it has a central mm. mid-stem, mid-rib, and then a mid-vein. And then from each of that comes off veins that come off on the left and the right in pairs until there's one on the very tip. Okay. And the, each one of those little individual um, bits of leaf blade is, an, in fact, a little leaflet. And the whole leaf itself starts from where it connects to the twig all the way out to the very tip and then everything in between. So I'll show you, I'll show you a picture. Okay, yeah, please. Casey is handing me a book. Uh, black walnut. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is one or those, the picture is one individual leaf with about, what is it? A, I think it's like nine to 12 leaflets or nine to 13. There's like 10, there's like nine on a side and then one on the tip. Yes, exactly. Not on all of them. It looks like maybe this one doesn't have one. Yeah, there's variation. But the the point that I'm making is that that is a compound leaf because you have individual leaflets that are not connected to each other. I see. But that's one whole leaf with little leaflets on it. One of these things is one leaf. Exactly. That's fascinating. Everyone at home, go look up compound pinately compound leaf yes you know what we'll do we'll post a when we when we post this episode we'll post on our instagram at arbitrary pod you can scroll through and see some compound pinnate compound leaves exactly and so you can remember it because it's feather like the other kind of main or the other main kind of compound leaf is a palmately compound leaf and they call it that i assume um i actually technically have never looked this up it's just how i remember it i mm. should get my facts straight before i tell you but i'm going to do it anyway it's like a mnemonic device yeah so you look at the palm of your hand yeah and you have an individual bit at the very bottom and then that bottom ends up uh, splaying out each one of your fingers. So it starts from a central location right at your wrist, mm-hmm. and then you have your thumb, then your other fingers, and your other finger, and your other finger. So that would be a palmately compound leaf where the same thing happens, but instead of having leaflets that are left and right on a central main rib, you have leaves that are leaflets that start from a single point then radiate outwards in every direction. Is this where the word palm Come, like palm tree, palm frond. Ooh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that because there are pinnately and palmately uh, compound or uh, lobed uh, leaves of palm trees. I see. So maybe not. Or I guess, so, ooh, they're not leaves. They're fronds. F R fronds. Yeah, fronds. I love the word frond. Yeah, there you go. But the last thing I should add in the the way that you can identify a walnut for sure is by finding it a walnut. They'll have these big like golf ball size um green globes hanging yeah. all in like pears all over the tree and then hey i'm sorry pears is in p-a-i-r usually there's two or so and you pull that off and then you'll have that really distinctive citrusy kind of smell you'll if you let it sit for a little bit you can rip off that hole the husk on the very outside 
then you'll get that actual nut, which is the famous nut that everyone knows as a walnut. Mm -hmm. And then you can break that in half, and then you have the meat inside, which is what everyone eats inside. Cakes and all that kind of stuff. Casey, this brings up one of my questions. I actually wrote down two questions to ask you. What? Yeah. I'm so excited. You didn't even share these with me. No, this is a surprise. Um, So here's my question. Yeah. Well, I have. it's kind of a two-parter. First part is, is... is a walnut on a walnut tree, is it a seed? Yes, it's the fruit. The meat is the seed. The thing that we eat, eat is the seed. Is the seed. But the stuff around it is the fruit. Yes. Okay, so if trees want to reproduce by dropping seeds or having seeds carried off somewhere else, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um why does it make it so hard to get to it? Like why? Because I've I've I'm looking at this. Um, I googled it beforehand. Mm-hmm. I told you I came prepared. Seriously, yeah, you're doing your research. <laughs> and one day I'm going to be asking you questions. Oh come on now! <laughs> and uh, it has like a green husk, like almost like a coconut. Yeah. And then it has uh, also like a coconut. It has a brown husk. Yeah. And then you break that open, you finally get to the the meaty goodness. Why is it so hard to get to if it's if they if trees want to just spread it around a bunch? Well, so that is a perspective thing. So you are looking at the fruit of a tree from the perspective of something that would eat it with the assumption that the tree made it for you to eat it. But it didn't make it for you to eat it. It made it for its seedling to eat it. So, it puts the all those husks and everything end up developing on the outside, the really hard shell, so that you cannot get into it. The tree does not want you to break into its cache of food stores inside that nut. Oh. So that nut will then hit the ground, or let's say it gets buried by a squirrel or something else, or it just sits there and nothing touches it, falls mm-hmm. underneath another stump or something that falls over. Then it sits there, and then spring comes, or rather winter comes, spring comes, and then inside, this is kind of an astounding thing, you could sit there and try to break that nut with your hands for days, and you wouldn't be able to do it. It's so hard. You have to use a tool of some kind to crack Hmm. through the woodiness. The seed inside will develop enough pressure where all of a sudden it will just be sitting there and then it will pop that shell open and it will send out a little root called a cotyledon. Cute. Hits into the ground and then it pops up with a new little leaf. The very first leaves that come out, those are technically the cotyledons, I think. And those first little leaves are not growing because the leaves are, they're not growing from photosynthesis, which is how trees make their, uh, make their food, right? Not their food. Yeah, they do. They make their food that way with photosynthesis. So if you don't have any leaves, you're not making food. So they have to depend on the stores of food, which is the meaty husk that we eat. And that's why we eat it because it's full of nutritious oils and protein and things like that. So the plant will put all that effort and energy into storing a basically a lunch for its new little brood. That brood starts oh. to grow, eats its lunch to produce the first leaf, and then once it has its leaves, it can then start producing actual food for itself. Got it. Autotrophic after that. Got it. It's like um it's like a placenta. It's exactly like that, except the placenta gets cut off before the bor- the birth. Right. Yeah. And this the this this thing grows with its placenta. Yes, it exactly. It feeds off of its placenta to become a tree. Yeah, that's exactly it. Interesting case. There you go. Thanks for answering my question. You're welcome.
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. There's one other thing, Alex, that I need to tell you about this tree, this walnut, the black walnut. It is famous in horticultural and garden areas, Hmm. not for its wood, which it's also famous for, not for its beautiful canopy, which it's also famous for. It is famous for having basically the ability to kill other plants that's underneath it. Yes. This is called alleliopathy. Alleliopathy. Yeah. Alleliopathy. We might be able to come up with a better way to pronounce that. Alleliopathy. Alleliopathy. I got to say, I'm really intrigued. I'm happy that you are. I I have to say, as I was doing my research for this to make sure that at least 70% of the facts that I provide in this podcast are relatively true. Mm-hmm. That's what I shoot for. <laughs> the So I'm looking through. I'm like, okay, let me make sure I'm getting all my facts straight. And the first thing I look up is this... Um, Washington State University study, and it's a study on all the other studies about the alleliopathy of black walnuts. Now, interesting. Quick step back. Alleliopathy is the the phenomenon of a tree or a plant that chemically alters the growth of another plant, not by competition, not by being better at getting water or nutrients, but by actually putting out something that causes either harm or good to the other tree. Okay. So an alleliochemical is one that a tree or a plant would produce and it would go into the soil and then other plants that are trying to grow in that same soil would basically be poisoned. Uh for the for the few people who um, who are listening to this who who may benefit from this uh, analogy, this reminds me of in video games, uh, specifically RPGs. You might have an aura that you hit, and it okay. turns on, and it either like gives a nerf or a buff to other characters. So like, I have not. I th- now I'm looking at you with a blank face, like I have no idea what that means. This is not. This is not a super interesting or fun thing to be an expert on. But There's someone out there who's like, yes, I get it now. Yeah, yeah. So you, you have an aura that like you know affects like a certain radius around you. All right. And it either gives gives players like a buff, like uh, plus like five in, armor, increases or yeah, if increases next their to you. stats, right? right? Or a nerf, like it makes them slower or it decreases their armor. Or, no way. Yeah. I this kind of reminds heard of me of Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah, I, I think that's a perfectly, uh, like, a very perfect analogy. Thank you. Because it's exactly what it is. Anything that's growing next to it, and it also there's some chemicals that do help other plants, and you create, like, this community. A lot of times mushrooms do that as well. Oh, cool. But this is very specifically chemicals from one plant to the other, or one plant to the rhizosphere, which is just the area of soil that has um, roots in it. Mm. So this is the thing, though. People were looking through this. Um, this is uh, Linda Chalker, Chalker Scott is her name. Wonderful researcher. I have seen her speak and read plenty of her papers. Oh, cool. Uh, she is a delight. Did you know her personally? Um, I wouldn't say personally. Acquaintances, maybe. We're okay. in, you know, I've maybe, maybe said like, 
I love you. You shook her hand. Yeah, I was just like, like, you know, fanboy down here, you know, at conferences. Shout out to Linda. <laughs> yeah. So she, um, she went through here and basically was like, there's almost no evidence, scientifically speaking, that this tree actually does this. Huh. But it's famous for it. Whoa. And, and she goes through the history and she says like, well, I mean, first in like 1923, there's this study that found that these tomatoes underneath these walnut trees were not doing very well. So they're like, well, it must be the walnut trees, but why not? It grows good under all the other kinds of trees. So mm. they end up finding this chemical called juglone. And juglone is a um, more or less a poison. You put it at high concentrations in the soil, and it will inhibit the growth of other plants in a couple of different ways. They kind of talk about the science about what that exactly, like what happens. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about is like, what does that look like? Well, it mostly like would cause the tree to, and this is, you know, broadly speaking. Okay. Um, alleliochemicals that are negative towards other plants would mm. cause the other plants to maybe not photosynthesize very well or wouldn't oh. be able to, it would cause um, malfunctions in how it metabolizes things or mm. creates amino acids or things like that. So it more or less just is a, um, a very, very minor kind of poison where it just, it would slow it down enough or cause enough inhibition that the tree or the other plant or whatever it is that the walnut or the alleliopathic tree is trying to fight off or keep from growing in its space and competing with it it would just give it enough of a of a of a kick down that then it maybe wouldn't be as good as competitor wow can't get quite enough light is a little bit more predisposed to disease or insect attack and then because trees do things on such long scales you just do that to the same tree for 25 years or the same shrub at some point it's going to die as your canopy gets bigger and your shade gets denser Hmm. and all of a sudden all the trees underneath you are just like i can't do this whatever i'm out this is the tree equivalent of like that you know, it's not enough that I should succeed, but I, others should fail. Yes, this is exactly <laughs> that. That is the perfect thing, which kind of makes this tree a bit of an asshole. Yeah, what the fuck? Well, actually, no, I got to take it back. It makes it, everyone thought it was, right. this is kind of like, I think this is more akin to like the... Um, uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame or something like mm. that, where everyone's like, oh, he's just such a you know violent org or like, know, everyone hates him. Yeah. But it's really, he's just misunderstood. So according to this research or the research on the research, there everyone has given it a bad name over two papers, two extension bulletins that were put out. Basically like, you know, here's some facts from the university for you farmers and horticulturalists. And they were both... Just saying, yeah, the the black walnut has an alleliopathic negative effect on other plants, and specifically tomatoes is called out a lot. Hmm. However, when they actually look to do science on it, scientists like say, yes, you know, if you take a really concentrated amount of juglone and you put it in this medium and you grow it in a uh, you know a very controlled environment, this plant dies. Like it has a, it has a, an inhibitive effect on the plant's ability to grow well, but. When you actually like do it in a real live situation when there's soil microbes and there's other roots and there's other competition and there's plenty of water, juglone does not survive when there's a lot of like microbial activity. So okay. in a forest situation or a healthy ecosystem, whether or not it's a man-made or a natural healthy ecosystem, apparently there's no effect. And there's plenty of examples and plenty of studies that show on one side the walnut or the black walnut causes the, this trouble on the other side it says no it, it doesn't cause any trouble 
and no one has actually been able to find one of those bulletins. This is science. So for like, God. I think now 50 years, people have been citing a very specific bulletin from, I think, Ohio State University. I'm sorry, the Ohio State University. And, and uh, when Linda Chakra Scott was looking through, she ended up researching, uh, maybe it was Cornell, I think, actually. She went to Cornell Librarians at the, like, the Cornell University Library, could not find this article. They're like, I don't think this was ever published. I think that this has been miscited for like 50 years. This tree has been vilified off of a, like, a fuck-up. Wow. I know. I'm amazed by it. That is incredible. So when 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 did Linda make this realization that there there is no study that proves that this thing is evil? I think that this came out um this WSU extension thing in 2018. That's that's some this is this is hot off the press. We might be breaking this for some people. I'm sorry, published in March 2019. That's incredible. Yes, go find this. It's Washington State University. Apparently, it's not real. Whatever you think about the negative effects of black walnuts, she's like, honestly, maybe the walnut's just a good competitor, and you're planting shade intolerant things like tomatoes (laughs) under a capacious canopy of a black walnut. Interesting. There you go. Wow. My first question and reaction to this is and you might laugh at me for this question but i think it's never oh you're sweet it is there anything political happening in the science (laughs) world that would make this i said i wasn't gonna laugh and i laughed you know like i mean why else why else would you would you cite something over and over and over without just checking on it i know and you also wonder like are these scientists and at the very end of this article she says or someone says like um this should not like these should not be cited anymore certainly not in peer-reviewed journals yeah and it's apparently been cited so many times ironically it's also cited in this because she actually says this is where the information came from cites it but you can't find it what a great what a great narrative arc for the black walnut right i don't know yeah vindication at the end of it absolutely vilification Vilification? Is that it? Vilification and then vindication. Yes. I don't know if vilification is a word. It can be. It is now. If it's not, it is now. (laughs) Jupiter's nut. What? Oh, that was the very beginning. Oh, we never covered that, did we? (laughs) At the very beginning, I was trying to look up what juglins mean. Oh, I forgot all about that. (laughs) So that made no sense to me and made my day. Oh, good. But the other thing that really sets this tree apart for me is in, I lived in Missouri for a while, Hmm. in Columbia, Missouri. And there was a, um, I can't even remember the brewery. I I need to look it up. And if I can, I will find it. Cool. They had a, um, a, I think it was an IPA that was, instead of using hops to turn it into, or to add that sort of citrusy Uh bitterness to it, they used either, I think, husks or in whatever regard they could, they used black walnut in order to spice and flavor no that kidding. beer. It was incredible. I went out of my way to drink it. They got it was, they only had it in four packs, so I had to buy like eight. That sounds great. It was so good. Was it, it super just a super nutty kind of citrusy beer? No, it was very citrusy. Like it tasted like an IPA. Okay. But so hops are actually in the the cannabis family. They're all really closely related. Yeah. And so that's why if you ever smell like cannabis, it has that really citrusy scent to it. Same mm-hmm. thing with hops. And the so they were like, well, I mean, 
the black walnut husks have that same plate flavor profile, but it also has that like very, very specific walnutness to it. But it's not nutty because it's not the nut that they're using. It's the outer husk. Oh, okay. I see now. Yeah. So it only gives that citrusy walnut flavor to the beer. Wow. Uses, it's all almost exactly the same um, sort of um, flavor profile, I would say, as hops. That sounds really good. It's so good. I'm going to find it and see if I can get some. Yeah, let's, get them a, let's give them a shout out, too. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a unique, cool thing. Yeah, I loved it. So wow. I have to say, the review part right now, uh-huh. like if we just go into that. Let's get into it. All right, so here's the thing. I already love the Black Walnut. Yeah. It is the most beautiful, beautiful tree. And as a part of this release of this podcast, I am going to go find all of the photos that I've either taken or go find the trees and take new photos of the winter silhouette of the black walnut. It is stunning. Like, I just think they're the most beautiful trees year round, hmm. just head over shoulders. Does it lose its, uh, its, um, hold on. Does it lose its yeah. pellet, pellet? Pellet? Pinnate. Pinnate compound leaves in the winter? It does. So it is a deciduous tree. Correct. (laughs) You did it. I'm exhausted. (laughs) You're sweating. (laughs) That's more brain power than I've used all week. It does, yeah. It's a deciduous broadleaf. And uh, the other thing, um, so I'll tell you what my rating is because I think this tree is so great. I think it's an 8.9. Wow! Yeah, it's high up there. A mere point one. Golden cone of honor away from being a a, a truly honored tree. Almost there. I think there are some other trees. I you know as we go through this, I got to keep in mind. Oh, you know, you're keeping or, it relative. I want to keep it relative. I want to make sure you know. An eight point nine for the for the black walnut from Casey why, Clap. That's what it is. Not to mention, it doesn't kill its friends. Yeah, that's it. That is a good thing about it. Yeah. It's good not to kill your friends. <laughs> At least not directly. It just shades them out, maybe. <laughs> Whoops. It's just competitive. What's wrong with that? Nothing. It's Come nature, on. baby. You gotta be competitive. Exactly. It's right. do or die out there. Shit. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I want to start off my review with a story that I very nearly forgot to tell. I'm so excited. My, my mother grew up on a farm. Uh, she has a brother, my Uncle Mike. Okay. Uh, he lives in the house on the farm where my mother grew up. Uh, they have a humongous, I believe it's a black walnut tree. It probably is if it's humongous. Yeah, it's it's, it's so, so big. One year, uh, we got sent, or I think they, my, my uncle and his family came to visit and they brought a garbage, ba- a garbage bag of black walnuts. Yeah. Um, huskless. Ah, so yeah, you didn't have to do all, all the hard work. That's right, we just had to crack them. Yeah. I was very excited. I love nuts. For sure. Um, so I, I sat down, and I think I was the only one who was interested. In, in, so I, I kind of mm. made it a little project. You know, I got my nutcracker. And I, yeah. I cracked open the first one. Rotten nut. Oh, Black as could be. God. So I thought, well, it happens. One rotten nut. Toss it to the side. Grab the next one. Crack it open. Black again. Well, oh, it happens. There's 500 of these fucking things in this bag. <laughs> I shelled probably a three dozen walnuts. No way. They're all fucking rotten. What? Here's the thing. I don't think my uncle did this maliciously. All right. I was going to say, we need to go back to that tree. My first thought was, is he trying to get rid of all these fucking rotten nuts? <laughs> Just giving you the rotten nuts. Here you go, kid. Crack these open. Your heart's to light. 
<laughs> but it was it was minorly heartbreaking. I was that so is, excited yeah. for fresh walnuts. <laughs> you get thirty six. You don't get fresh walnuts that often. No, you really don't. Uh, same with pecans. Once you know? a year. Yeah. So I was I was very excited, and they were all duds. I can't believe that. I'm not letting that play into my review. All right. Of the black walnut or of my uncle. <laughs> That's our seventh show. Reviews of uncles. <laughs> Send us all your uncles. <laughs> Here is my review of the black walnut. All right. I think this tree fucking rocks. Casey, what was the... the I want to say epilepsy. It's not that. No. Apo- apothea... Apotheology? Oh, uh, yeah. Um... Alleliopathy. Alleliopathy. Mm-hmm. What does this what does this word mean? You 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 said oh, to me earlier. I did. I have two definitions, but my favorite one is this. Alleliopathy literally means death to others. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, this is one metal tree and black walnut. I salute you. You give us delicious nuts. You're tall and beautiful. Capacious. You're extremely capacious. Your leaves are compound. I give you nine golden cones of honor. You did it. Oh, my God. It's a great tree. It's made it. I love it. I, I'm so, I, 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 just, I almost feel like stunned, you know, like <laughs> when the final like ice skating judge holds it up and you're just like, oh, she did it. Oh, my God. It's done. I have a question. I'm so excited. Does this podcast suck? <laughs> no, I think this is perfect. All right. You know what? Hold on. Just I we we did this and we haven't eaten them yet. Yeah. We made uh candied walnuts just for this episode. That's right. So that we could actually t- taste them to make sure that we knew exactly how, how they how they taste. Case, you want to go grab yeah, those? Yeah, grab them. Hold on a second. All right. I sort of waited for you. I think that's fine. I'm going to wait for you until you go. Yeah, just hold them in your mouth. So we can experience it together, because we're friends. <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Let's see what I think. Mm. This is amazing. Fuck, this is so good. It's like protein, candy corn. Mm. Not candy corn. I meant... Kettle corn? Yeah. Kettle corn. Yeah. It really is. God, these are so good. I wish all of our listeners had some of these right now. You know what? They're easy as hell to make. Everyone, go Google candied walnuts. Get yourself salted butter. If they say unsalted butter, Mm-mm. don't listen. No. Salted butter, sugar, walnuts. Ten minutes of your day. Yeah. And then you're just you're never gonna you can thank us later. It's so easy. I'll give you the recipe right now. It was like a cup it was like two cup we did a double batch because there's two of us. Yeah. It was like two cups of walnuts, a cup of sugar. Half cup. Half cup of sugar. And a half cup of butter. No, we used a quarter cup of butter. A quarter cup of butter? Yeah, which is like twice as much as we were supposed to use. Well, I got all those things wrong. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, I got them you know, half right. Oh. Actually, twice as right, I think, technically. Yeah, we, I, I was giving <laughs> for a four batch. Yeah. Put them all on a pan, nonstick pan. Hmm? Stir them, let them just hang out and stir them around until they're kind of nice, a nice dark brown. Mm. Pour them out in a sheet pan, spread them out. Oh, my gosh. It's incredible. Full protein. This just makes me love the walnut, the black walnut tree. And That's why I got more. nine. That's why we're saluting it with nine. Yeah. We should eat something every podcast. This is awesome. All right. Sounds good. We'll have to think of well, what are we going to do when we do like the monkey puzzle tree? Mm. We'll eat um, 
monkey brains like in <laughs> Indiana Jones. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Uh, nothing to do with the tree itself. It's delicious. God, so mm. good. However, I will say, like all candied or toffeed treats, yeah, it's a real molar killer. All right. Well, that was our review of the black walnut. A fantastic tree, a fantastic nut, a fantastic sweet treat. I am just. This was. This is a perfect episode. I feel. I'm a little. I'm. I feel. I'm proud of the, of the black walnut. I think I am too. Like I. I feel like. I, I feel like you're right. Like we maybe like broke some news that not too many people were really thinking of. Yeah, I'm excited for that. So really, more research needs to be done to find out all the friends the black walnut has, rather mm. than who it kills. Yeah, let's start allegedly. A, let's start a campaign. Let's start a hashtag. Friends of the walnut. Friends of the walnut sounds good to me. Now that we're now we're, we're a little, I feel like we're a little loosey goosey on the structure so right now. We're getting a little a uh, little drunk on sugar. <laughs> these are these are brandied walnuts. <laughs> uh, I do want to say, like, uh, I want to share uh, share a little something that right. I shared with Casey earlier this week. Um, I you know I walk my dog twice a day. We go for nice we go for nice walks. I have found myself uh, stopping to admire, take pictures of, ask questions about trees that I you see. You have. Yeah. You sent me several. Yeah, I'll text Casey a picture of a, of something and say, "What is this? What's hap- Is this an arp or is this an arborvita?" And he'll say, "Yeah, it is an arborvita." Or uh, "What's up with this cone?" And he'll he'll give me a little explanation of what's happening with the cone. That's so nice of you to say. You know what it is? It's like you are you are the tree that's giving off the poison. <laughs> and I'm the tomato plant that's it's withering weird. under your influence. I don't think that that meets the metaphor. Yeah, it doesn't quite match up. Well, let's just stick with it. It's a messy it's, analogy. You but, call me the walnut. I'm just going to call you the tomato. Yeah, we're like the we're like the walrus and the yeah, the, <laughs> the walrus and the carpenter. Yeah, the walnut and the tomato. I love that. I wouldn't mind being Mr. Tomato. I'll be Mr. Walnut. We now have, we move on to our completely arbitrary Q&A. Uh, who is our question from and what's their question? I, I guess I could reverse that. Who, what's our question and who is it from? Aaron, I think it's pronounced Rosinke. Rosinke. Yeah, R-O-S-E-N-K-E. So Aaron asks, if you and your buddy were bitten by a radioactive tree, what tree-based superpower would each of you like to have? Awesome. Which is great, because he doesn't say, which one would you have? It's which one would you like to have? Okay. So you don't even have to be realistic about it. We can just go for it. Hmm. <laughs> which is, I mean, I should note the irony of us trying to be realistic, getting bitten by a radioactive <laughs> tree to begin with. So Let's take this seriously, please. Great question, Aaron. Uh, yeah, great question. What do, th- what do you think, Alex? Oh, boy. Uh, here's what I would choose. All right. Uh, a little like the Juggalo poison. What is it called? <laughs> Juggalone. Juggalone. Yeah. I wasn't that far No, off. you were very close. In fact, I've had that thought several times, and I was like, how can I get the word, how can I use Juggalo in this podcast? How could you not? <laughs> yeah. It's I, set up perfect for it us. It totally is. Um, I would do that. I would I would have a, uh, I would be a let, a let, a let the, I'm never going to remember this word, Casey. A leliopathic. A leliopath. I would be a leliopathic. <laughs> But instead of poisoning those others, those around me, I would I would give them a boon of some kind. Oh my god, that is so sweet! Like everybody's so, everybody's hair would grow a little thicker and stronger. Yeah, everyone like you know your voice is a little bit more sure every time you're standing a little more near you. Yeah, I think that's a really nice. Uh, that's a really nice idea. Thanks. Yeah, that, that would that's what I would choose. What would your what would your tree superpower be, Case? Ooh, okay. So I I think it would be regeneration. 
slash compartmentalization. That's a really good one. Is that a lot? Is that too much? No. Okay. So I imagine I'm just traipsing through the forest and a... I, it's, I mean, this kind of forest, let's just say I get bit by a pine tree. It's a really old pine tree, you know, and that pine tree just nicks me and I'm like, oh, this is infected now. And then all of a sudden my skin just grows over it. And then later that day I fall on a train track and then a train can't stop. And I'm like, no, no, stop. You can see me. My arm is right here. And it just severs my arm off. Yeah. And instead of me going absolutely armless for the rest of my life. I just compartmentalize over that wound and then cut it off at the shoulder and grow a new arm. Very cool. And then at some point, my old arm falls off because, you know, it's just decays. That's a great, great yeah. answer. I could also hire a surgeon to cut it off while my new one grows. A tree surgeon. Exactly. They are. They That's are a thing, right? Yeah. It's yeah. A, over in England. It's what they usually would uh, call arborists. So yeah, I think that uh, that I think there's a really good superpowers. Yeah, that's good. I like I like yours a little more than mine. I think yours is so much nicer though. Yours yours shows your character of hmm. just wanting people around you to be happy and better and nicer. Mine's like, well, I want to get mine and not lose it. And if I do, I want to get it back. Well, you're not like that's not part of All your right. character. I guess not. I'm gonna paint a a, paint a picture of you that's not accurate. That's Casey's true. one of the most generous, kind people I know. You're too sweet. Take I just, that. I just like regrowing my limbs. That's pretty cool, too. Yeah. All right, Case. That there brings us to the end of this this lovely episode. I've had a grand time with you, really. This has been a sweet episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time with a new tree and new things to talk about. So exciting. Bye-bye. See ya. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our production consultant is Olivia Frankie. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by the Mini Vandals. Thanks for listening.